Blog Talk Radio. Hello, my dear listeners, and welcome to Creating a Championship Standard of Living. I am your host, Mr. Miles W. Miller. Today is Saturday, July 11, 2009, and as always, I am absolutely honored to be here with you today. I thank you all for listening, whether it be live, whether it be via the phone, internet, and I just want you all to know I, I don't take this for granted. I thoroughly, 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 thoroughly appreciate you. And I, I, I honor you for coming back and forth to listen to the show each week. And I thank you for even telling your friends about it. I've been getting more and more comments on, on the Blog Talk site itself and also via email. And I just want to let you guys know I thank you so much for um, for coming out because if, if you don't listen to the show, there's no reason for me to actually put on the show. So thank you for your interest. And um, like I said, I don't take you for granted. I thank God for you. Thank God for each and every one of you. And before we go any further, I want to turn this show over to His Holy Spirit now so that we can we can get what we, what we came here for today and that this show can be impactful to our lives um, in every way, every possible way. Uh, again, like I said, I, I don't take this for granted. I thank you for coming out. And um, again, tell tell somebody about the show. You know, tell somebody about, you know, that the show exists, that Creative Championship Standard of Living comes on every Saturday at 6 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and, and that is it's an impactful show. And um, like I said, again, I thank you for coming out. I thank you for being a part of this, this movement here. But we're going to get started tonight. Um, I'm absolutely honored and, and floored by the, the guests I'm going to have on today, and I'm, I'm excited about the topic that we're going to discuss today. Today's topic is the art of serving, the art of serving. Um, a lot of people, when they hear the word serving, it, turns them, it may turn them off because they don't understand the true meaning of serving. Uh, today we're going to get some clarity on that, on what serving really means and what serving is really not. And we're also going to understand why it's so important to to be a good servant. Um, so without further ado, I'm going to give you today's divine intervention. Uh, today's divine intervention comes from Matthew 23, verse 11, and I'm taking it from the New International Version. Uh, it states that the greatest among you will be your servant. I'll repeat that. The greatest among you will be your servant. The greatest among you will be your servant. And that, like I said, pretty much falls right in line with what we're going to be talking about today, the art of serving. Why is, why is serving important? And also, why serving absolutely, without a shadow of a doubt, propels you into your destiny? Um, we're going to give you also the presidential wisdom for the week. Uh, this week's presidential wisdom um, falls right in line with our topic. Um, this is, as you know, we give a, um, a quote from our 44th president, uh, Barack Obama, each week on the show. And I do apologize because I've been re- reminded that the last two weeks I haven't given you a, a presidential wisdom, so I apologize for that. I will make it up to you. But today, today's uh, presidential wisdom is from uh, President Barack Obama. My job is not to represent Washington to you, but to represent you to Washington. Again, I'll repeat that. My job is not to represent Washington to you, but to represent you to Washington. Again, my job is not to represent Washington to you, but to represent you to Washington. And that is just from the heart of a servant leader. Um, as you, as most people know, and for those who don't know, Barack Obama, President Barack Obama, was one of the uh, he's one of the unlikeliest candidates to win or even be elected um, president of the United States of America. Uh, from his background as a um, as a servant leader, he actually touched the hearts of of the people. He actually was a community uh, organizer before you know, he really got going in politics. Uh, as a as a senator or a, even a presidential candidate, he was a, a community organizer. He was actually touching the hearts of the people. He's in the communities, you know, touching the infirmities of the people, and and, fit, try, and helping them come up with solutions to make their lives better, to make their lives, you know, more productive. And um, that's the that's the the true heart of a servant is is one who really wants to see other people blessed. They want to see other people thrive, and they want to see other people, you know, happy. And that goes a long way. 
a, a few examples of, of, of dynamic servants that we've, we've known either in present day or in history. Uh, I'll give you a short list. Uh, one name that comes to mind is uh, Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, Gandhi comes to mind. Princess Diana, who was a, a, a tremendous humanitarian. Uh, President Jimmy Carter was a, a, also a dynamic, uh, dynamic humanitarian, still is to this day. Uh, again, President Barack Obama, you know, he, like I said, he got dirty in the trenches of of, of America and and really, really, really touched the, the people. That that's a dynamic thing in itself. Um, um, former football uh, coach uh, Bill Walsh, he reached out to in the community and also to, to countless of uh, NFL players. Uh, uh, Vince Lombardi, uh, t- Coach Tony Dungy, uh, people like Mother Teresa, Oprah Winfrey, Nelson Mandela, uh, even to include on that list uh, Michael Jackson. People may not understand um, how he served, but he used his gift to make the lives of other people easy to deal with. He used the the talent that he had to en- to entertain people. He used the money that he gained from his 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 talent to pour back into people who who were less fortunate. When he got burned uh, filming a Pepsi commercial, he used the money from a lawsuit to to fund and start a, a you know a, a clinic for burned patients. So he you know just uh, what a real servant does is give back from their heart. And I'm going to show you why and how this thing works. Um, just to give you a, a little background on myself, I actually understand this topic firsthand. And even what I'm doing here now uh, with the show, I I do this from my heart because I have I have a strong desire to see people blessed. I have a strong desire to see people happy. I have a strong desire to see people living their dreams. It just it's something dynamic about watching somebody, you know, against all odds, realize something that many people may have said just can't happen realizing their dreams realizing their destiny it's something dynamic about that and i thank god for the opportunity to be able to help people get to that place um just like i said to give you a history of of my background i have which a lot of people don't notice about me i've been involved in ministry most of my life now there was there was a time in my life where i didn't talk about as much but the majority of my life i've been firsthand on the on the ground floor working in ministry and working in ministry gives you the it's a it's a like i said it's a firsthand ground level example of of service because uh, uh, when when people come to a ministry they're um a lot of times they're hurt they're broken and they need to be around people who care about them who love them and who are willing to pour out to them to, until they can get you know back to a place where they can, you know, return that same favor. Well, like I said, I've been doing this since I was very little. Um, my dad was uh, really, really, really active in in our church growing up, and I was always there with him. Sometimes I didn't want to be there. I can just be honest with you, but I was always there with him, and I was learning, you know, things along the way about how to interact with people, how to how to touch people's lives. And it's just something something dynamic. It's just when you when you can see. The just little actions sometimes can impact a person's life. You see it also with uh, with social workers. You see it with mentors and with coaches. You see how just little things can impact somebody's life. Well, like I said, I've been doing this uh, for a very long period of time. I'm 30 years old now, but I can tell you that the majority, maybe a good 85% of my life up to this point has been in some service-based um, industry. And in doing it, I learned that people, they need to feel good about themselves. They need to feel good about what they're doing. And it, no matter what it is, it can be, you know, the, the person that gives you the popcorn at the movies. It can be uh, a waiter that gives you your your dinner before um, you go out to the show. It can be anybody who's in a, in a, um, a, a job of service. They have so much to offer, they have so much to. They, the, the very way they treat you can affect the course of your night, but affect the course of your day. So service is definitely important, and each and every one of us is a servant, whether we like it or not. The very gift that's inside of you wasn't 
put inside you to hold on to it, but it was designed to pour it out. See, that's your reasonable service to the, the universe that, that God placed you in. Everyone was placed on this earth as a solution to some problem. And that very gift that you have inside of you wasn't designed to be hoarded. It's designed to be poured out. So in understanding that, I'm going to give you five reasons, five steps for why great service will propel your destiny. Five steps why great service will propel your destiny. Now, I, I created this list, and I'm actually going to read the list backwards because I think when I, when I get to, the, to the, the very number one reason why um, great service will propel your destiny, I think it'll make sense, but I'm, I'm, going, I'm going to invert the list. I'm going to read it backwards to you. Uh, step five for why great service will propel your destiny is great service will cause the people that you impact to never forget you. Great service will cause the people that you impact to never forget you. Great service will cause the people that you impact to never, ever forget you. I've, like I said, again, I've learned this firsthand being, you know, in ministry, being a coach, being a speaker. It's, it's, it's something just absolutely phenomenal about having a gift that you can use to help people and and watching them watching the reaction when when they realize that they can that things that may have been wrong before can be right now and you're the reason that that they can actually see this now and it, just the thought of it actually right now I'm just talking to you now and it's actually exciting me just thinking about some of the people I've helped. I actually had a vision of some of the people that I've helped along the years, down through the years, and it's absolutely dynamic. I never forget the people that I help either. But more importantly, it, you can get into a situation. I can think about every person who's ever touched my life. Anybody who's ever touched my life, I never forget them. My uh, mentor, Greg Hart, and I, I remember sitting in his office sometimes and, and, and wondering why was everything going wrong. And all he all he would do was just listen to me and then tell me, Basically, don't quit. But you got to be real with yourself. Don't quit. Don't give up. But but, but you got to keep. You got to get back up. You got to keep fighting. I remember him just being stern with me sometimes when I need to be needed somebody to be stern. I remember sitting in um, my pastor, uh, pastors and all elite. I remember sometimes talking to him, and you know, not feeling like being anywhere around anybody. <laughs> feeling you know just emotionally distraught sometimes and how he would just he would sit there and, and just talk to me and, and, and mentor me and coach me and say hey you know what we're, we're none of us are perfect but here's some keys for you to get better I remember sitting down and talking to uh, my mother my father all these people have poured into me these people have ministered to me these people have have done have given great service to me down through the years my grandfather my my, my brother these people have poured into me, and they've caused me. They've they've impacted my life. There's certain things now that I do are are a, a almost identical to to the way my grandfather has has showed me, from the way I drive, from the way I handle um, some of my business. I, for years, I, my grandfather actually, for his church, and uh, back in Michigan, he would collect uh, pop bottles and cans, and take them back to the store. For um, to get the deposit off them, because in Michigan there's a ten cent deposit on on cans and um, bottles, and we would collect cans, and at least once a week we'd take these cans and bottles to the store, and he would give them, give all the all the proceeds to his church. He he kept none of it. I would be right there with him, helping him clean those bottles up, and helping him take those bottles to the store to redeem them, and I remembered that because it was like you know he had the money to just donate the funds but he he did this and he got other people involved in it that's just the, just great service it it impacted my life so now i see you know i got keys on and cues on how to how to move in my life so remember that great service will cause people cause the people that you impact and never forget you and these people like i said have have had an indelible impact on my life 
and there's more, countless people I could t- sit here and tell you about that have had an indelible impact on in my life. Uh, Bishop Jackson, for instance, he he taught me a lot of key things about how just how to man up on things, how to how to be an adult about certain things, how to how to respect time. You know, some things that you 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 take for granted. A mentor or a servant can impact your life in such a way that you never ever forget them because when you think about certain things, you you have to think about them. You think about key areas of your life that are, are successful now. You have to think about who was the first person to tell you that. Who was the first person to really help you mine that out. Um, so remember that great service will cause the people that you impact to never, ever forget you. Step four for the reason or step or the fourth reason that great service will propel your destiny. Step four, fourth reason. Great service will impact the idea of the people who you may never meet. Great service will impact the ideas of people who you may never meet. Great service will impact the ideas of people you may never meet. And the reason why I say that is because we go back to the fifth step. There are people whose lives are going to be impacted that meet me, that will probably never meet my mentor, Mr. Greg Harden. They'll probably never meet Bishop Jackson. They'll probably never meet meet Pastor Lee. Never meet my mother. May never meet my father. May never meet my siblings. They may never meet my grandfather, but they see me. And as a result of the impact they've had on me, people who may never meet them will have their lives impacted because of the training I received from them. Even some of my friends who, uh, like I said, some people that will never when I'm over in Copenhagen, Denmark, motivating people, they may not be there with me physically, but in spirit they're there because they impacted my life when there was when there was a time of need. They 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 gave me great service as a friend. So what I'm saying is that we go back to that fifth step. The things you're doing today are going to impact somebody in such a way that they'll never forget you. And because they'll never forget you, they'll take those lessons with them and actually impact the lives of somebody else. <laughs> That's dynamic stuff. The things you're doing today for somebody will cause somebody else's life to be impacted in such a way, such a dynamic way, and you may never, ever meet them because you mentored this person who, who learned a lesson from the things you told them and went forward and used it. That's dynamic stuff. That's creating a legacy. That's the type of stuff that... that that will have you placed in, in high places because you gave great service. The third step for why great service will propel your destiny. Step three, great service sets an environment or an atmosphere of excellence. Great service sets an environment or atmosphere of excellence. Great service sets an environment or an atmosphere of excellence. One thing I know about some of the places I've been, um, if you encounter bad service, it it just it trickles down over everything. It it ruins the night. It ruins stuff. It is it is so destructive. From the if a, a waiter or waitress gives you an attitude when they're handing you your food, or you know they don't they just treat you like you know less than human. It affects even how you view that restaurant. Conversely, if the service is good, it leaves an indelible imprint on your mind. Now you remember this place. Every time you get ready to eat, I'm thinking about going to go get some eat. Hmm. I remember this place over on the south side. They treated me nice. They have great service. Sometimes it may be even out your way, but you remember that that atmosphere that was created by the service. Even in, when you go to to some churches, some churches, when you walk in the door, you can feel right off the bat that it is a place that is just peaceful, and you can feel God's presence there. You can feel love there. You can feel all these good things. Some places I've been, I can be honest with you, I had to leave because the moment I walked in the door, it's like, whoa, something's off here. Something is really off here. So, you know, great service, great servants set the atmosphere. And they set the atmosphere of excellence. So you can treat somebody with respect, and it goes a long way. 
you can pour out your heart to somebody, it goes a long way. When you pour out love and you do it with, with, a, with a spirit of excellence, again, it goes back to the beginning. It causes people to never forget you. It, it, leaves such an imp it creates such an impact that it causes people to never, ever forget you. Step two uh, for why great service will propel your destiny is great service shows what's in your heart. Great service shows what's in your heart. Great service shows what's in your heart. There's an old cliche in sales that people don't care how much you know until they know how much you care. One thing about great service is it doesn't, uh, you don't really see a person trying to sell you something, but more or less they're, 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 they're creating an atmosphere of excellence in which they can say, how can I help you? How can I serve you? In business, and I talk to a lot of business owners you know, every day, one thing about being in business, it, the key is not necessarily to sell. It's about creating relationships. I've learned that last week from uh, my, my new friend, Ronald uh, Wilshire, down in Houston, Texas, that it's much easier to create a relationship than it is to try to sell somebody something. But here's the thing about it. Once you create a relationship with somebody, most times people really want to see their friends successful. People really want to see their friends successful. So if you have a relationship with somebody, more than likely it's going to be easy for you to, to market is what you do because they already, they're already receptive to you. But if you're in a relationship with somebody, well, not so much a relationship, but you're just trying to sell something, it's hard to sell anything like that. Even when you go to the, the grocery store, even when you go to, to Denny's or, or, or a restaurant, it's hard for them to just come and sell you something. You, they, you want to at least feel comfortable when you get ready to eat. You want to feel comfortable when you walk in that store. You want to feel, you want to feel like these people really care about you. And it goes a long way. Even like you go to places like Target, they, they don't call people customers. They call people guests. Just that, that extra mile, they go the extra mile to try to make, it, make you feel welcome in their place. And that shows what's in somebody's heart. That, that's a hard to see other people comfortable, see other people happy. Because service is about making another person happy. It's about making another person, you know, feel good about themselves. So remember that great service shows what's in your heart. And the number one reason why great service will propel your destiny without a shadow of a doubt is that great service shows that you love God. Great service shows that you love God. Great service shows that you love God. There's a scripture, uh, John 21 and 6, where um, it states that if you love me, you'll feed my sheep. Great service ultimately is about pouring out God's love. If you love him, then that means you'll take care of things he loves. God loves his people. God wants to see his people blessed. God wants to see his people happy. God wants to see his people thriving. God wants to see his people enjoying their lives. And to go back to our divine intervention, the greatest among you will be your servant. The greatest among you will be your servant because the greatest among you loves God. And anyone who loves God wants to see you blessed. They want to see you happy. They want to see you thriving. They want to see you living living out that very thing that God has placed inside of you. See, that's why the greatest among you is your servant. Your servant, the, the, the greatest among you is your servant because they love God. And, and it just delights them to feed you motivation, encouragement, love, peace, encouraging words, whatever it may be, because they know in their heart that they love God. And to see anybody who, who loves God is to see a snapshot of, of God. We're all created in his likeness and image. But to see a servant, you come in contact with you come in direct contact with God's love. Because this person has, has accepted the, the fact that they love God and in order to, to really show that they love God, they're gonna feed his sheep. They're gonna feed the people that he that he loves and cares about as well. Those people that he cares about, they care about also. So remember Great service shows that you love God. And these are the things that will propel your destiny. These are the things that will cause your destiny to manifest quickly. 
And without a shadow of a doubt, I thank you again for allowing me to, to speak to you each and every week. And I thank you for this opportunity again to bring you dynamic teaching lessons. What We're going to transition um, into the, the second part of our show, which is where we bring on our dynamic guests to, um, to drive home the points that we, we spoke on in the lesson. Um, our first guest is an absolutely, absolutely dynamic young lady. She is um, she hails from Southfield, Michigan. She is a, a, a virtual assistant, a life coach, uh, just a just a phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal person. I've had the um, the pleasure of knowing her now for the last uh, four years, four or five years now, and just a dynamic person. She's uh, very insightful, very, very, um, very, very orient, uh, time oriented, um, very focused. And, but most importantly, she she has a she has a heart to serve, and she has a heart to give back to people. Uh, without a shadow of a doubt, I like to introduce and bring to the show Mrs. Leah Hubbard. Leah, are you there? Hello, Leah, are you there? I am here. <laughs> How you doing, Leah? Can you hear me? Oh, good. You know what? I'm borrowing an earpiece, so I'm going to let that go. That's uh. Not working out for me. Thank you so much for that wonderful introduction. Oh, you're so welcome. And what a great show! What Thank a you. great, great topic. Thank you. Great Thank topic. you. Leah, we I, I brought you on here this week because I know that without a shadow of a doubt, you understand the art of serving. Um, <laughs> That's what we do. <laughs> <laughs> could you give the people um, just a, a little background on on your history as a servant and and how it has affected your business? Wow. Um, let me tell you about the, the business side. There's a business side and there's a spiritual side. Um, what I do as a virtual assistant, um, I'm basically a, an administrative and a personal assistant, and that started quite a few years ago. I worked for, although I'm 21, I worked for IBM <laughs> for 17 years, and <laughs> during that time <laughs> I always found my, myself in a position to kind of be behind the scenes making things happen. Um, and when I left IBM, I started this this business, Wise Administrative Associates, and ended up. I continued into the same field. When what we know now, we call them layoffs and buyouts and all that. Well, when the first curve happened, a lot of the executives were taking the buyouts and they were going home, and they would call me back and say, "Hey, can you help me with this? What about this?" Right. And that's how it really started with me, um, with people basically seeing me as the go-to person that would make sure they look good, and that's really where my heart is. Um, that's what I do in business, and also that's what I do in ministry. Um, I'm, I'm a personal assistant for my pastor, and I have some other ministries that I, ministry gifts that I assist as well. And that's the bottom line of what I do, virtual assistant. Assisting is a new term for some people, but basically um, what I'm doing is work, I work from my home, but the, the point is that whatever it is that I'm assisting someone with, it's supposed to be seamless. It doesn't matter that I get the credit. It doesn't matter that they know whether or not I've done the work. The point is that I care about what they do, and I care about how it's going to come across to their customer or to their ministry. Wow. And that's really the background of that and what I love to do, why I do what I do. Wow. So, in turn, just for someone who's just listening, they may not understand why you do it. I know a lot of people will get caught up with the term serving and think that, oh, um, they think of a waiter. They think of uh, somebody who may work a job that they wouldn't want. Mm -hmm. um, but what is it that gives you the, the, the drive to continue to, to, to pour out towards people versus trying to receive all the time? The, the main thing is something that you mentioned earlier about, you know, God's love for people. Great service shows that you love God, and that's the bottom line, loving God's people and sometimes God's un ungodly people. Right. <laughs> but that love is really what drives you, and this will probably sound so Pollyanna and, you know, to some people that, that don't understand it, but for those of us who are in service, that's just really what it is. It's about seeing something and seeing Seeing it um, in a way, you know, for instance, I'll attend someone's conference and I can see a way that they could have been presented differently, right. especially when they're doing something for God. And it's not for me to look good, but it's to say, wait a minute, God has given this person this talent. How can we use that gift to further the kingdom and how can I help them further the kingdom? So these are God's people. We have so many gifts. Um, 
secular, you know, whatever that means. That's one of those terms that I battle with. But there's so many gifts that are just supposed to continue to draw people to Christ. That right. love comes first. If I don't do something in love, it's just going to, as my, my pastor director said, it's just going to be jacked up. If I don't <laughs> do it out of love, it's just it's not going to come across the way that God would have it. And whether someone else considers it a godly gift or, or whatever that person is trying to perform, it is. It's God's love for people at the end. When they see what I've done, when they see what we have done, will it draw them to God? Will it make them feel loved? Will it make them feel important? I have a saying that I, I say, I believe that there is no just in God. And what I mean by that is we say a lot, I don't care if you're just cleaning the kitchen or you're just, there's no just to right. God. You know, right. it's all on the same level, whether you are the pastor, whether you are the person cleaning, not just cleaning. It's all important. So that, that love for that and that love and knowing that each person is important, that's what drives servanthood. Well, I look at it from this perspective. I I have a a problem with the word independent, and uh, I hear every I hear a lot of people using that word independent. I'm independent. I'm independent, and I don't totally agree with that. I believe that there's some things that we're supposed to take care of ourselves. But I believe that each and every one of us is interdependent. We need each other. We can't function without each other. So I think that you know they hit the nail on the head from from things I've been saying before. Um, that service is about fulfilling your role in the universe. There's we each and every one was put here to do something dynamic. And if we're not doing what we're supposed to do or we you know, we reject our assignment, it, it affects a lot of countless other people. So like you said, there's there's no just this that you know, that, that person mopping the bathroom is necessary. That person okay. guarding the parking lot is necessary. That person taking out the trash is necessary. That person okay. giving you you know the word is necessary. Mm-hmm. And everybody is everybody's role is necessary. So I, I yeah, I definitely agree with that. I was speaking with a group of um, women the other day, and the question came up whether or not um, we talk about sin a lot of times, whether or not the sin is just what we know as ordinary sin or is it in not fulfilling a destiny. And, you know, there was a whole debate about that because we know in the Bible we talk about the the servant with the talents and, you know, how much uh, God placed on that. And I think one of the people, we finally got to the point where the person was saying that, it's not necessarily always you, which we know that. It's not that the world was counting on what you did. It's that what you had, what what you were trying to accomplish. How many people are on your coattails? How many people were assigned to you? Right. So if you're not doing just your just your part, there are people that are assigned. Just like we just said, you know, if you're cleaning the restroom, you have visitors that come in and go. Oh my goodness, look at this restroom. I'm never coming back here again. Something that small may turn someone away. And that person that we said was just cleaning the bathroom, they may, they had the opportunity to make a major impact, but it's who's attached to you by you doing what you do. It's all a chain. It's all a link. You know, we, the Bible talks about, you know, we, we supply one another. We need independent. I hadn't thought about it the way you said it, but it's true. We can't be independent. We do need one another. That's how we were designed. You know, God designed the body the physical body to heal itself, if you think yeah. about it. That's how, you know, we go through through medicines and we did go to so many different things, but it was designed to heal itself. So in the body, we're supposed to be supplying one another. We're supposed to support and, and, and have service one to another. In business, it's the same thing. You need the CEO. You need the treasurer. You need all of these things because yeah. we can't, we're not, omnipresent we're not omniscient so you need everybody we need everybody to do their part to make it work yes indeed yes indeed so i guess a lot of people like i said i have had this conversation with people before and and i i've heard people just blatantly tell me like they don't have they're not a servant they don't have the servant's heart what really is a servant's heart servant's heart is first of all one who is willingly without a shadow, beyond a shadow of a doubt, willingly um, able to put themselves aside for the assistance. I'm trying to say this without saying servants, for the assistance or the need of another. That's a servant's heart. If you can put yourself aside, that's it. That's it right there. If it's for someone else, that's having a servant's heart. We talk about that with, um, you know, shepherds. We talk about that in everything. But when you can set aside what your needs are, what your priorities are, for the need of another, that's that's the heart right there. Well, well, it, it may it could even be like how a mother tends to her young, or how a father, you know, 
goes out and and provides for the family, things like that. Definitely, definitely. We know, you know, so I'm I'm a mother of one, and I'll do backflips for my little him, Sam, little one. He's the same height as me. He's twelve, <laughs> but <laughs> but anything to propel his destiny. You know, he's talented, and I have seen to it that. I figure out what it is that God would have him to do. And sometimes for me and my husband, that's a sacrifice. If he needs a lesson, if he needs to do something, there's a sacrifice. So it can be anything. But that's just servanthood. And I feel bad. And I know that because of being in a service-oriented vocation as well as in ministry, that I don't necessarily understand not wanting to be a servant. That's just where my heart is. That's just what I want to do. So it's kind of sad that people have such an uh put such a negative connotation to that, that they don't want to be a servant. They don't want to – it's kind of like saying, I don't want to help anybody and I don't want to care about anybody else. Right. Well, you can't really live life like that. You are a servant. Whether you want to claim the title or not, you have to serve something. You're going to serve something. So why not make it good? Why not make it a part of your destiny? Wow. Wow. Well, Leah, I know you're you're, you're definitely um, taking time out of a busy schedule to talk to us today. I want you to – we want to close out with your segment. I want you to give the people a word of encouragement to, to serve freely and to serve with an open heart, and then also let them know where they can find you. Okay. Um, the encouragement for this will be to not forget what it is that you've been created to do. When you know who you are, it's not hard for you to see who others are. So first of all, I, I would I would encourage people to find out who you are Um not just who you are, um, you know, this is my name, but who are you? What is what is your purpose? Once you figure that out, find out who does what you do better and see how you can help them. Learn from someone else and then see who it is that you can help that maybe is not as good as you. So there's a giving and a receiving there. There's impartation on both ends. But the encouragement really will be know who you are. When you know who you are, you're not afraid of saying, I can help someone else. That's where jealousy and backbiting and some other things come in. You're not uh, 100% sure who you are, so you can't help someone else. But make it a point to help someone. Make it a point to think, even if it's once a week, who can I help? It definitely will come back to you. We know that, uh, you know, money answers all things. We understand that. But there are other ways that you can sow and you know that God will repay. But make sure that you know who you are, what it is that you want to do. I thought about this other day that I said, um, you know, no one can open the door for you if you don't know where you're going. You have to know where you're going. And then someone can open the door for you. You serve them. You intern. You do whatever it needs. And then God is going to open the door. Someone is going to, you know, he's going to allow somebody to open the door for you. Um, as far as my business, um, the best way to reach me is email. Um, I do have a web page that's in uh, transition right now of all times. But okay. um, the, my um, email is, uh, it's the wise v a t h e w i s e v as in Victor a at gmail dot com. That's the wise v a at gmail dot um, dot com. And I just appreciate so much uh, you giving me this opportunity on your wonderful show. I'm so glad we were able to connect today. Thank you so much. And I, I know the people are going to have a, just a dynamic. Um, you got you've given people a blueprint. You give people a blueprint, and I, I, we we thank you for that. Okay. God bless you. Thank God you bless so you. Much. You're so right. welcome. And we, we look forward to having you back. Okay. Thank you. Anytime. You're so, you're so welcome. All right. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, people, like I told you, I, I, I go out and I, um, I research and I, I find dynamic people to bring on this show because I, I, I love you that much. I, I wouldn't bring somebody here who couldn't tell you some, some good keys that you can use immediately to help transform your life. Um. Which brings us to our next guest. Our next guest is an absolutely dynamic person. Um, I've had the honor of meeting our next guest, um, I think it was earlier in the year. I, we met him personally um, in a, a role of service, and he, was, he, was, he put on like a display, to be honest with you. It was, I sat back and watched him. He, um, we had a, um, I was at church, and he, he actually uh, came to the church um, as, a, as an assistant to a uh, a, a traveling minister that we had at the ch- at the church, and um, just watching him was it was like watching a, a, a regal person, like watching a, a, the servant of a king. It's like watching somebody who who understood royalty, who understood honor, who understood uh, integrity, and watching them not being afraid to pour out 
the gift inside of him. And this is this is a gift. This person actually that we're bringing on the show, he actually uh, comes from a family of of, of service oriented uh, people who um, have served the likes of um, the Rockefellers, um, the Duponts, the Rothschilds, uh, just to name a few. And um, like I said, this this guy is so dynamic at what he does. He actually teaches classes <laughs> on the art of servanthood. He this is a just a dynamic person. I believe that the things he's going to tell you today are going to also transform you in business. So without a shadow of a doubt, I'd like to introduce to you um, Governor Cedric Thompson to the show. Governor, hey, Matt, man, God, yes, I am. Can you hear me? Yes, sir. I can hear you well. God bless you, man of God. God bless you. Bless the work that you do. Um, bless those that are listening, and we thank God for this opportunity to be of service. Um, on your fine blog talk radio show. Thank you, sir. It's, it's an honor to have you here. The honor is mine. <laughs> sir, I, I'm just, um, I, I, don't, I don't really don't know where to start. I'm just, this is a, just a, such a dynamic thing. I watched you when, you when I met you back in, I believe it was May. Yes, it was. And um, we were just, I mean, actually people were taking notes, like this is how you operate. This is how you're supposed to do this. This is how this is supposed to be done. It's like you're putting on a clinic, and um, yes. like I said, I, it goes back to um, one of the points I had in my lesson today, is where I said that great service shows what's in your heart. Yeah, and, and yes. I believe what's in your heart is something great. So there, there may be somebody out here listening right now, or somebody who may hear this podcast. Yes, who they don't really understand why. They serve, or why they're yes. why they're giving the way they're giving. Yes. Is it? Can you explain to them? Like, I mean. Well, let me just say this. You know, um, we are. I'm not going to say we're limited on time because we have to watch the words that we that actually come out of our mouth. You know, that we're not limited. Right. But uh, we are going to condense things. I I have been taking notes uh, on from your five points and you know, from our fine guests that uh, preceded me. Um, but basically. Uh, I just want to say is um, that your service unlocks your purpose and your destiny. Wow. I really, I'm a firm believer that those of us in the kingdom, of course, you know, you know we're in the body of Christ, but we, in, but we are in the kingdom on earth, um, that we really don't know our true purpose or our destiny until we walk in our office of servanthood. Tithes and offerings are not enough. We must have our hands in service. Now that, now that's really, I, I really feel that that's true not only for the lay person, for the, uh, for the person in clergy, but also for the entrepreneur, for the millionaire. Bill Gates must have his hand in service. Yes, sir. Warren Buffett must hand his, have his hand in service. Anybody that Anybody on the earth, matter of fact, they have to have their hand in service to truly unlock their destiny and the calling that God has in their life. I'm going to take you back very quickly and actually give a testimony of what my life was like. I too watched uh, my, uh, you know, those who raised me. Of course, uh, uh, the actual, you know, the actual person that I saw in operation was my father. Uh, my father came from very humble beginnings. Um, he had to drop out of school early. Uh, I, I think he was in the seventh grade. He was in New York City. Um, the only opportunity that he had for employment was to light these stoves uh, for the Jewish people, the Orthodox Jews in the neighborhood, because they didn't work on the Sabbath. Um, he then began to wash dishes at a um, at a um, hotel in Harlem called the Hotel Teresa. That was a very famous hotel in Harlem. Then he, then he then he made it downtown, washing dishes in some of the fine hotels. And then his service, his gift, made room for him. They noticed how his his poise. Uh, they noticed how he always kept in his place. He never got familiar with anyone. He was very honest. He had integrity. And so that pushed him up the ranks. He then went to the Hotel Astor, which was a very, of course, that was John Jacob Astor, one of our, one of our millionaires. Uh, you know, of course, you know, today he would be a billionaire here in our society. And then he went on to the fine Hotel Pierre, and after that he went on to the Waldorf Astoria. He worked personally with Baron Hilton, Conrad Hilton, and Nicky Hilton. 
Uh, of course, you know, if those of us have you know, heard heard the name Paris Hilton, you know, she's really not you know not a great representative of what her actually great grandfather and actually you know grandfather built. But right. he served them personally. He was also uh, commissioned to serve um, General Douglas MacArthur's wife and also Mamie Eisenhower's wife, hands-on. Right. Uh, he was their butler in the Waldorf Towers also. So he also had dual purpose. Uh, they just couldn't send up anyone in the Waldorf Towers to serve uh, these wives of five-star generals and, of course, former presidents. But... So I watched him. When he came home, he told me stories about service. Uh, he used to serve us and the family. He was never, you know, even as a younger man, I can remember, I don't remember him ever taking, you know, us, you know, taking myself out, you know, going out with him to, you know, trivial things. Right. He went and served the elderly in the community. So all I saw was service. But yet... Those were the early impressions, but you know what? When I was younger, I did not celebrate my father. I was embarrassed of my father. Wow. I wanted my father to be a doctor or a lawyer or something like that, like my other associates, you know, parents were. I was embarrassed of him. Uh, and, you know, of course, that went on for some years, but yet what he displayed was in me. It was poured in me. And then, of course, uh, I was very successful in my business career. Uh, I was a commercial photographer, art director, worked with many celebrities and so forth and so on. And then, um, but I didn't celebrate my service in the house of the Lord, you know. And, of course, even some areas I was kind of lacking on my tithes and offerings. See, the more successful I became, the farther I got away from the house of the Lord. And, of course, for sure, the farther I got away from service and tithes and offerings. And next mm -hmm. thing that I know, I... I went from um, actually being in the high six figures, having a studio downtown Dallas, having all sorts of you know, celebrities come in my photographic studio to be photographed. I had all kinds of major accounts. A year later, after I closed my studio, I found myself being homeless, and I was homeless, and I moved back to New York to try to get things going on in my hometown, and I ended up being homeless on the streets of New York for three years. Wow. After that, just to put things in a nutshell, and I don't mean to talk too quickly, but I know, you know we, that we have a time factor here. Uh, what happened after that was um, I was getting ready to go back to Dallas, but something said I noticed you know, there was an ad in one of the papers when I was in Dallas. I noticed there was a minister in New York, and, of course, that ended up being you know, my current father in the ministry, uh, Bishop Ebenard Jordan, and I walked in the house of the Lord. I had a dollar jacket on that I bought on the street. I was used to having fine clothing, brand new BMWs and the whole thing. And when I walked in the house of the, of the Lord, you know, um, I got a prophetic word, and then he asked me after service, he said, young man, he said, what do you do? I said, well, you know, I'm a photographer. I never told him I was homeless. I said, I'm a photographer, but I don't quite have my equipment right now. And that, that was a Tuesday night service. That next Friday, um, uh, the bishop went out and rented, because I, I always had the finest of camera gear. He went out and rented me the finest of camera gear, and I was, I was documenting his elevation to the bishopric. You know, he was oh, being wow. elevated to the bishop. So I was instantly called back to service. <laughs> wow. Yes. Wow. That, that's a dynamic testimony. I mean... I'm hearing your story, and, and I had a similar path, but not quite. Um, right. You know, it just basically, you know, I think when you were talking, I was thinking about some of the ways I may have viewed my father. That's right. You know, maybe right. I didn't always view him with the, the utmost respect because well, right, he was in a, a servant role That's growing right. up. Now I look back like, you know, my dad gave me some, some life lessons that I can still use today. He was on point, and he heard God, you know. I mean, and you know, and let's just say this, and I'm going to kind of bring it up a little bit, is basically when I came in, those of you out there listening that are saying, you know, I want to serve, I was thinking about serving, I don't really know what it, all you have to do is get in position and say yes to service, and God will show you the blueprint. I began to just say yes in my heart, you know, the actual first time when we went out, I began to act of that, you know, of course, God used me, and he instantly restored my gift to me. I mean, I was so far gone, I just, you know, 
you know, the homeless is another story, is another show, but the homeless thing will actually strip everything from you. So I just right. knew I was a bum. I forgot I was a photographer and all that. But instantly, because I said yes to service, because I said yes, um, my gifts of photography were restored, and, and my best work actually was displayed and actually documenting this. So my best work was restored. And then I was on a journey. And then the church went on a, um, you know, we went on a bus, went down to Richmond, Virginia from New York, and we went to a pizza parlor, and there was a whole busload of individuals. So, you know, something just kind of said, you know, why don't you get off the bus? Why don't you go inside? And why don't you prepare uh, prepare the way for the bishop and for all the people that are on the bus? See, what was poured into me, see, you know, a lot of times we don't know the service or the skills or the destiny is locked inside of us until we get into the service position. Wow. I began the flow to set up the whole restaurant to begin to take the orders on the bus and so forth and so on. So when the people walked in the restaurant and, of course, the bishop, everything was set. I also then began to go around and to and to serve and, of course, to help serve the pizzas because it wasn't a type of establishment where they had where they had waiters and so forth and so on. So then it just grew from on from there on. I then became an adjutant, and then the service just it, it, it you know just actually grew from there. And um, I became an adjutant. I became a senior adjutant over many adjutants, over the male and female adjutants, and you know things just grew. Mm-hmm. Now let me say this very quickly: Were things perfect? No. Um, did I make errors? Yes. Did I get corrected in the midst? Yes. There was one season, I'll tell you very quickly, where I did something where I did not listen to delegated authority. You see, anytime your bishop or your pastor says something to another individual or gives an order, it's an indirect order, but, but then the actual person who, who he tells it to, he or, he or she, they become the delegated authority. You know, they become the bishop. They become the pastor. I did not obey. And, you know, of course, I thought I was just not obeying that individual who did, you know, you know, deliver the instructions, you know, quite nicely. And then, of course, um, it did it did cause some problems, you know, all within the ministry. And, of course, on during one service, uh, it was a very dramatic service where, I'll say it very shortly, where my, of course, I had a collar and the whole thing, like a clerical collar, is the bishop walked around the service seven times. He walked over to me. He took my collar. He tore it into eight pieces. He, you know, you know, threw it on the floor. He stopped it in the floor, you know, uh, with the fervor, and then walked away. Well, then, right then and there, I was extremely embarrassed. People were looking at me as if I was a devil, and I had a choice. So, off for the next five minutes, you know, you know, would I get my bags and leave and never come back to service? Well, I thought about it for five minutes, but then I realized, you know, I had to go upstairs. I had to, I had to do the audio. I had to go back, and I had to serve in the right. kitchen. And I had other responsibilities, so I never left. Now, let me say this: um, I only came then within about 20, you know, you know, feet from my bishop. I stood back even for that next year. He didn't speak to me for a whole year. And then when, you know, and then when, when of course in our church, you know, Reverend Run is part of our church. When Reverend Run was elevated to a, to the to the office of a minister, on to Reverend, when he was given his collar, I was reinstated to the office of an adjutant. Okay. And, of course, there was celebration in the church. But throughout that time, when I had my collar pulled, I ate that rebuke as cake. See, I never got bitter. I learned from it. Right. I got better. Right. Right. I think a lot of people miss that that, that whole piece there. Instead of, you know, things happen to you, to, have to and they actually happen for you. That's if right. You, if, you, if you can just change your view and look at it that way. Now, right. I can I can honestly tell you what you just described was it, it sounded like it was very intense. Oh, it was very. It was a packed house, and plus it was on BET, so <laughs> it was intense. I can only imagine. I know. Um, it was intense, but you know, the whole fact of the matter is, it made me better, and I learned so much from it. But you know, your mentor always knows what's right. Yes. I don't care if you come from corporate. You have a PhD. You've got a master's. What background you come from? If you went to theology, if you went to uh, you know, theology school, you know you have a doctorate of divinity and so forth and so on. Your spiritual father always knows what's best. Right. Your spiritual father may have a first grade education, but God put him in place to be your spiritual father, and he always knows best, and and he's always right. Never question authority. Yep. I, I learned that uh, myself. Uh, you know. Uh, even being in Atlanta now, um, yeah. 
Bishop Wayne T. Jackson, um, my spiritual Fine father. Bishop. <laughs> he, um, like I said, I've, I've learned so many things from him just yeah. in, in serving him. You know, a lot of people will try to get around him just to to try to see what they can get from him. Yes. But I, I always do everything I do for him in love. You know, even now with you know, heart. our staff pastor uh, that we have in Atlanta now, Pastor uh, Lee. It's a great man of God. Same way. It's the same way. It's just, you know, we... Um, you 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 understand that we're put in this position to to propel God's destiny. His yes. the, the destiny that He placed inside of each and every one of us is yes. to be a part of something great for Him. Yes. And um, like you said, sometimes I don't always, I didn't, didn't always understand what I'd be hearing when I get the orders, get the commands. I don't always understand it, but I do it anyway. That's right. You know, I don't I don't always worry about. You know, understanding exactly what I am, what is what is it that I'm doing? That's right. Just say yes. I just just say yes and, and move forward. Amen. Because he he has the vision. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> he has it. And you know what? I wrote down some things before, and I just want to say this because there's somebody out there, and I'm just gonna go here very quick because I made some pre notes, and I, of course I couldn't go in because this thing is so so it's so deep. But you know what? Our spiritual fathers, okay. Those who we came up under, okay, you never outgrow or outserve, meaning that you've come to your point that you've been released from service right. of your spiritual father. Your assignment is never up. Wow. <laughs> your service assignment, especially to your spiritual father, is not, is never up. You may, you know, your spiritual father may be from a little small, let's say a little small church. You then grow to be a mega church and so forth and so on, and, and you're on and whatever. Your assignment is never up. Wow. Until he, until your, until they or yourself, you know, you know, you know, actually make your transition. And then sometimes the assignment goes on to the next generation. When you saw me in Atlanta, I was serving my spiritual father, you know, my bishop's son, who was then 18 years old. Wow. And I'm 54. And I helped raise him since he was a child. Wow. And I served him as I served his father. When he was 14 years old, I told him, I said, you know what? I said, one day I'll serve you like I served my father. And I served. Now I'm serving two generations. Wow. Another thing, we must learn to serve each other. I must serve you and in your endeavors. And, of course, you will serve others. See, we don't only support. Everybody is looking to run behind the bishop, run behind the first lady, and serve them. That's fine, too. But we must turn back around and serve each other and say, yeah. are you okay? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I think a lot of people miss that point, too. <laughs> right. I mean, so, I mean, you definitely just, just wow, you've laid down some great foundation. Where I, I want to bring you back on the show because this well, is just, we give honor to God. It is an honor and a pleasure. And man of God, may I just say this? When I saw you and I see what you're doing on Blog Talk, and I see every time I see your photograph come up, you know, you see a servant's heart. You see someone, and you're a young man. I I can say that because I'm a little bit whatever. I I'm young in heart, but you're you know you know, but you represent you know you know you know Generation X Y. But God is using you in all age levels to to, uh, you know, to represent service and, and, of course, empowerment and whatever. And, you know, uh, as I make reference to you as, um, as actually Sir Miles Miller, <laughs> <laughs> the English surname, you know, you know. Yes, sir. English title, Sir Miles. <laughs> <laughs> you know, because really, you know, you know, we really have to display the kingdom on earth. Yes, sir. That's another show. Yes, sir. <laughs> I, I, I want to bring you back on here so we can do a whole show because I. Oh, amen! It's a pleasure, man. I, I hear. I, I I see that you know this is just only like an appetizer. <laughs> <laughs> amen. Well, Governor, we we got to close the show up, but uh, oh, no can, you, can you get the people a word of encouragement just to keep them moving amen. forward and and, amen. and let, let them know how they can find you. This is another note that God gave me here. Okay. Service makes you recession-proof. It says in the Bible, a gift makes room. Yes, sir. Service, everybody that's actually listening, you know, you know, you may be going through various things or whatever the case may be, you know, whatever it is, get your heart 
ready, you know, be open and get your heart ready for service as unto the Lord in addition to your tithes and offerings, and you will be recession-proof. Trust me. I don't care what you're facing. Foreclosure, unemployment, layoff, whatever it is. Even health issues, serving the house of the Lord, everything will turn around. Wow. Wow. I can't argue with this. It's the truth. <laughs> it, it's, it's true. I came out of severe homelessness. I mean, came out of severe homelessness, poverty, depression, all sorts of things. Service. But I still have, I don't, and even as we will all become multimillionaires, amen. We can't give up our, we have to, that's a key. Whenever we get, you know, when as we climb that ladder, sometimes we forget to serve. We've got to keep our hands in service. There he is. That's, that's right now, I'm speaking from New York. I've been here, as you know, we were trying to get this show together. Uh, I, I left my home uh, June 6th. I'm now serving my father in the ministry and his son in New York right now. Wow. I haven't even been home. Wow. <laughs> I have my wife shut me clothes, and she releases me because she knows, you know, I'm on, you know, I'm called to service. Wow. So you serve, you know. So, but you know what? But you're never dropping anything, and you're never sacrificing anything. There's no sacrifice to it. See, I'm, I'm taking notes myself now because you're saying things to me that I need to hear. <laughs> well, it, well, amen. Because any time when someone asks you to do something. And, of course, they walk in integrity. Always make sure you're doing things with people who are integrity, you know, your spiritual fathers and so on and so on. But it may look like a little bit, it may look like whatever. You know, I don't even want to call it a test. It is sort of a test in a sense. But, you know, and, of course, it may look like a test. It may look like a sacrifice. But it's God trying to get you to the next level. Yes, sir. Sometimes you've got to drop what you're doing because you're doing things on that are mundane or repetitive. And you have to actually kind of come out of that and then go into service so God can take you to the next level. So, you know, so these things what may look like. So I'm not sacrificing anything by being here in New York since I've been here. I have gained so much knowledge and wisdom and, you know, whatever. And then again, too, you know, I can't go out and teach service if I'm not hands-on serving. There he is. You, you, I live in Atlanta. My spiritual father's in New York, so I had to come home to New York and serve. Yep. I understand it. <laughs> I understand it firsthand. You understand that because I see you in Atlanta and you come back onto Detroit to serve. Yes, sir. Often. <laughs> Often. I know. You and Pastor, you know, Bell there in Atlanta. Yep. Yes. So we bless everyone out there. We bless the radio audience. We bless the Internet audience. You know, man of God, we bless you and you show what you're doing. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And, and you, you know, I'm praying for you, sir, and I, I look forward to... Uh, you back I'm going to give my I'm going to give my website out because my wife reminded me. <laughs> it's governorcedric.com. Governorcedric.com. Governor, like the governor of a state, c e d r i c dot com, and of course I'm Governor Cedric on Facebook and Governor Cedric on Twitter. Okay, and sir, um, just understand this: uh, you've definitely given us an indelible. Impact. You've made a de- double impact today, and, and we we won't forget you. And you're gonna be well, back on the show. <laughs> thank you so much, man of God. We appreciate you. You yes, be sir. blessed. You be blessed as well. Thank you. Okay. Well, people, this is um, this is this is just another dynamic show that we have put together here for you. Um, before I go, I want to um just definitely give um uh, acknowledgement to our our guest from today uh um. Ms. Mrs. Leah Hubbard, uh, Governor Cedric Thompson, and uh, I want to thank you, each and every one of you personally, who's taking the time to listen to this show, whether it be live, via phone, or via the podcast. Like I said, I don't take you for granted, and I cannot do this without you. I, I, this is definitely, you know, a labor of love for you. Um, so whatever it is that you may need, let me know, and we'll create shows, you know, guaranteed to to hit the points and things that you need. Um, I can, as I continue to grow as in, in, in service to you, let me know what it is I can do to serve you better. And without a shadow of a doubt, I want to also um, let you guys know that um, 
we're getting ready to do some dynamic things together. And you're gonna on the, on the coming weeks you're gonna hear me talking about war partners. You're gonna keep you're gonna hear this work this terminology war partner. And I'm and I'm gonna tell you about it later, more and more about it later. But I just wanted to wet your palate, let you know that there are a lot of people around the world, there are a lot of dreamers, a lot of visionaries around the world who need to give voice to their dreams and their visions, but they don't actually know how to. Well, we're going to go out together and we're going to make it happen. We're going to give them that voice that they that they hear that they that the world needs to hear, and we're going to we're going to make their voice audible. And we're going to work together and get it done. So you're going to know more and more about what a war partner is uh, with Lionheart Enterprises and Miles Miller. You're going to know more and more about what it is that we do. But I just want to wet your palate with it now. I'm not going to give you all the details now. But over the, in the next coming weeks, you're going to know more and more. You're going to hear more and more about this. And we're going to, together we're going to go across the world, and we're going to change people's lives. We're going to give voice to dreamers and visionaries who wouldn't get a voice any other way. So without a shadow of a doubt, people, I thank you. I love you. Uh, I appreciate you for coming out every week. I appreciate you for telling your friends about the show. I appreciate you for, for everything you do. And I thank you for this opportunity. Like I said, don't take you for granted. Um, this has been Creating a Championship Standard of Living. I am your host, Mr. Miles W. Miller. And without a shadow of a doubt, don't ever give up. Don't ever quit on your dreams. Don't ever give up. Don't ever quit on your dreams. Don't ever give up. Don't ever quit on your dreams. God bless you, and I'll see you next week.